What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Johnny, or as some might know him, the infamous Rabbit, the creator behind Oddventure. Thanks for joining. Hey, Josh. I'm really glad to be here. It's my first podcast in my whole life, Woo-hoo! so I'm really excited and nervous a little bit, maybe. No, you should. You don't need to be nervous. It's okay. I'll I'll stumble over some words just to to make you feel uh, a little more comfortable. Don't you worry. But no, I'm really glad that you are on here as well. Uh, first off, it being your first podcast is awesome. Um, but also just because I really wanted to talk about this game. You know, I recently stumbled yeah. upon it. I yeah, <laughs> hell yeah is right. I recently stumbled upon it, and I thought that you know. This is something interesting that I want to talk about. This really feels like a game that that matches up with something that that I have interest and I think that our audience will enjoy. But before we talk about the game, I always start these episodes off with getting to know the people behind the game itself. So let's go through some introductions, right? Let's get to know the person behind the game. Johnny, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into games in the first place. So this is a pretty funny story because we had like this dream that we'll make a game in the future. We mm-hmm. started at pretty young age and, you know, the dream kind of was forgotten for some time. So we are doing our stuff in life and at some point uh, we decided to make a game. I remember that I bought the keyboard and I wanted to start playing. And my guys told me like, okay, so I'm programmer this guy's an artist and he will make the music. So mm-hmm. why not mm-hmm. make a game? And poof, yeah. there we go. Seems simple enough, right? Yeah, I wish it was <laughs> that simple to start <laughs> our game death adventure. If only, if only. All right, so then it wasn't that simple. What happened? So we started like a few years ago and we decided to check if we are going to be a good team. So we made like a short visual novel game mm-hmm. because our artist loves to draw in manga style. And okay. it went pretty good. I made a music for this project. There were like four tracks. And then we decided to make a mobile game. But it wasn't like one of those clickers when mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you want to make a lot of cash on microtransactions. So we made a story-driven game with a lot of comic uh, cutscenes. Okay. So it was pretty okay. Mm, We released it on Android, but for some reason we were demonetized by Google and we didn't get an explanation. So after a few thousands of downloads, we didn't get any money, really. So we were really upset. We didn't make uh, an iOS version and... It was like last chance of making a game for us. So meanwhile, I was going to make a webcomic. It was okay. a, a webcomic about old adventures of Charlie and Bonzo. And the funny part about this is that the comic was going to merge different themes from, from, my, from my previous work, like other webcomic, the book I have written before, or the short movie scenario, which is one of the most mm, important stuff that inspired me to make adventure, because in this scenario, in this short script, I made the characters like Mr. Rabbit and Dodo, and something I don't want to spoil right now, 
Okay, but okay. it's like a big thing in adventure in general. Gotcha, gotcha. I have never made the movie so bad. Everything was put into adventure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So that's awesome. So you know, you're you're working on this web comic. At what point did it become work on that comic to I could make a game out of this? Few years ago, I have played Earthbound for the very first time in my life. Gotcha. It was like five or seven years ago. I, I can't really remember. Uh, and everything was um, going to turn webcomic into a game because I felt similar vibes in my story, um, the way I felt them in Earthbound or Undertale or Lisa the Painful, which were obviously inspired by the Mother series. Right. Yep. Yep. That makes I, sense. Play, I played all of those games and I have fallen in love with them. And I decided to make a pixel art, crazy turn-based RPG. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's funny that you you mentioned that just playing it recently because I'm kind of in the same boat that I, I wasn't one of the the individuals who played it. Um, you know, in, in the time that it would have come out, but I've played so many other games like Undertale and like Amori and the the different ones that that pull inspiration from it. And I love all of those games, but I still to this day have uh the earthbound series on my backlog of something that like i just need to get to but i hear such good things about it i love all the content and anytime i see a game that pulls inspiration from it like you know with this odd adventure one i immediately go oh man i want to try this yeah that's pretty interesting because earthbound wasn't that well known for example in europe but I discovered the story in United States that mm-hmm. it has like this big fandom and there were like thousands of people who wanted the official port for Mother Free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe one day. Hope, we hope so. <laughs> so we can legally play it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and there, there are a lot of games inspired by the series and all of them are lovely and very inspiring. I think I played most of them mm, and there is a huge and at the same time small niche of mother likes I would call them like that yeah yeah that makes sense and so let me ask you this about this uh this game that you're working on now so Oddventure is this I know you, you talked about kind of developing uh, a couple others with a team are you still working with the same team is this a solo project now what is Oddventure uh as far as you know the the team behind it yeah, so in case of Mother Likes, I feel like there are a lot of games that try to create the vision that there is like one guy behind everything. Mm-hmm. It was same with Undertale, where people thought that Toby Fox was the only person who made the whole game, but in reality, there were some people to help him. In right. our case, I can proudly say that I'm working with the team, and I have a really cool artist and musician and programmer mm, so i knew these guys before they're really close to me and i know them for almost 30 years of my life well, that's awesome uh, the composer is the only person i got to know just before the project because someone told me that they knew a guy who started his game dev adventure and he's a huge rpg fan so it clicked immediately and I'm really glad that I know him because he's a wonderful guy and he gives a lot to this project. That's great to hear. 
And about how long has this project been going on? So, you know, from start to finish about when you you said like, all right, we're turning this webcomic into a game. Let's go from up until this point. About how long have you been working on the project? Okay, so I would divide it to two things. So first you made this demo, but the demo was like the whole first chapter of the game because it was mm-hmm. pretty long. If you kind of try the fast run, you can beat it in about one hour, but people usually play the whole thing about one hour and 30 minutes. But I know some people who try to beat the additional boss at the end and it's even up to two hours. So this part we were making for like over a year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the scratch. Mm. And then we had some break, sadly, but now we are back to business and for two or three months we made like another one hour of the game. Gotcha. So our next step is the Kickstarter and hopefully if it will click, then we can make that double, I think. I want to make the game, which will be about like five hours or six hours because there will be some choices and a few different endings. So you can feel the Undertale-ish vibe that you will see the consequences of your actions. Um, So I didn't want to make the story too long because those things would be less impactful in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I I think that makes sense. Um, And I want to dive a little bit deeper into those pieces that you just mentioned. But before we do, let's, uh, let's backtrack it out. And let's just, you know, for those who might not know anything about the game or just to set the stage, right? Let's, let's dive into what is Oddventure? You know, if, if you had to describe it kind of like an elevator pitch or, or tell someone who, who had no idea what this game was all about, how would you describe it? And kind of what sets it apart from others, right? Okay, so in a joking manner, I would say something like, imagine that Nietzsche has hooked up with Alice from Wonderland and <laughs> their son was raised by Green Brothers playing Earthbound and Undertale. That's what Adventure really is. Okay. But... In bigger perspective, adventure is more like experience. It's not just like a game with story written for the story's sake. Hmm. This is game mm, or experience for people who like the red table stuff and the deep story with the dark undertones mixed with some wholesome moments and crazy comedy. Hmm. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, one of the things that you mentioned about this, uh, as your you know your joking part, and it's also mentioned on your Steam page. So I'm very excited about the the the, the fact that this is inspired from the Grimm Brothers fairy tales, right? Can you tell us a little bit more of kind of the world and inspiration for this game that that came from those stories? After I decided to make adventure as a game. Mm-hmm. I downloaded the English version of Fairy Tales, the Green, Bra- Green Brothers one, yep. and I read like 2,000 of pages of Fairy Tales. Wow, that's I some research. Took, yeah, I took all the notes about the characters, the stereotypes, the archetypes of characters, all the typical things that happen in Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made this fairy tale structure, which is less like a typical childish cartoon, but 
more like this um, old school fairy tale. Yeah. Okay. So we can find here and there some references, direct references to um, fairy tales, even the less known ones. Very like cool. the golden ball hidden in the well near the Jack Grimm's hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. I love it. Um, I, I wanted to, to also talk about, so this kind of just popped in my head, but because this is something where it was that comic and then you wanted to adapt it into a game, and especially with also doing you know that, that research and, and kind of building that fairy tale-esque world into this, um, for those who might know the, the webcomic, or for those who might not, is there going to be a difference in like some people will get a better experience if they had read the comics previously? Will it will that there be some kind of necessity in that? Is some of this story going to oh, be oh, oh. repeated, or is that not the case? The comic was not released because I have written the story, or at oh. least the outline, and we started making it, but um, I decided that we will just go with the game. Oh, okay. Well, that because, makes a lot more sense now. Okay. Yeah, because it, after the bad experience with mobile gaming, we decided that we have to make a game, and this is like the last chance of making a game because right, it, right. it won't click right now, then it's no point in staying in game dev. Uh. <laughs> so right. this was the price um, to stay in the game development and I just suddenly had to stop the whole webcomic idea because right, it right. wouldn't be too easy to make both of them or start with yeah, the comic and sense. then make the game. That makes sense. Yeah. Of At some point, I was thinking that maybe we'll just make for some time the comic and then we'll try the game, but... Right. I'm sure there's there's some room for, for having something like I, I'm even thinking of like, you know, if there were any initial pages created that could be an easy, you know, one of those cool Kickstarter like goals or bonuses that people get to to showcase like, oh, you can have some of the, the history behind it of like where it all started. And then even later down the road, I'm sure there's ways that you could implement, you know, if it does kick off uh, and become very popular that having that extra bit of story, I'm sure people would enjoy. Oh yeah, actually I was thinking about it because Adventure will have like few, several different endings mm-hmm. and you know, you can't show the whole aftermath of the story because this is a close story and there is going to be the sequel for adventure okay. or at least i hope that we'll be able to make another game in this right universe. of course so i may make a short comic especially the one showing what happened after the good ending <laughs> Okay, well that that's very exciting. I'm I'm glad that there's you know first off, obviously game development is is difficult and there's a lot that goes into it, but it's really exciting to hear, uh, especially because I'm already interested in this world and this you know the story you're trying to tell that you have a lot uh, of pieces that are already there that will kind of make you know when I know I'm kind of like stumbling, but I'm thinking more of. Certain people work better where they say like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, kind of build it as I go. But sometimes it's it's interesting to see when people have like, oh, I already have all these pieces and I already know what a sequel would look like. So it makes it feel more um, 
more planned out and is something that I'm excited for, especially when you get into the nature of having consequences or having multiple storylines, because obviously that can get very, uh, very convoluted quickly, if not planned out properly. Oh, yeah. So in our case, I wanted to make this game a little longer, but it turned out we can even reach up to 20 hours because the story was too big. So I had to cut half of the story and I have to had to rework like all the consequences from the choices. Hmm. Wow. That's a a big task. to, To make, to keep the sense. that I was trying to save from the previous version. Right. We are spending a lot of time to try to stick to game's logic, to the universe's logic, and, you know, I kind of learned the script writing on my own, the story writing, and the guys I'm working with are pretty keen to details, so we always talk even about the story, what's good, what's bad, or can be changed to make the game better. Mm -hmm. Even to the point that there are things that player won't notice or maybe even won't know, but we have to make this full world. So if anyone would ask me a question, I would be able to answer, even if this is something that wouldn't be added to the game directly. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. You need that lore or that background. Exactly. Um, so let's actually talk about the story a little bit, because um, from what I'm getting, you know, this is just picking up context clues and, and piecing together kind of what's going on in the world is the story from the game seems to be one where you're in search of your brother, um, but also trying to escape what seems to be this fantasy world of sorts, you know, this fairy tale type world. So why is the character, you know, I don't want you to go into too many spoilers, but like why, how did the character get here? Why are they in this place in, in, at all? Oh, this is the thing you'll have to learn by playing the game because you will find your your answer but this is something you'll be getting to know throughout the whole game you'll gotcha. get like these small pieces of information and then everything will connect and you will get your answer okay all right well no easy answer on that i guess we'll have to move on then from that but your character throughout seems to be fighting inner demons as well. So this is another thing that's playing into this. Um, will there be a strong, like, what is that stronger message behind the game? Is this going to be something around mental health in general? Maybe some type of deeper meaning or maybe just something that you thought was interesting to to piece into this? Okay, so, yeah, there are obviously a mental health awareness themes in the game. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to make this, like... A certain thing, so people could tell me that, I don't know, maybe I'm not accurate about something. Right. It's just a game about someone having some issues and trying to fight inner demons. I try to make it as relatable as I can possibly can. So yeah. it's not like some kind of people will not get it and some other will get it better. Yep. So so the general message will be to not give up. But okay. I will be telling something more in the game. Okay, gotcha. All right, more to come. Um, 
And then from the actual battle, so, you know, battling these inner demons, right? Let's talk about the actual battle system in this game because you do seem have to have the ability to use the mood of your characters, which obviously gives me some serious Undertale vibes. But, like, can you elaborate a little bit more on what using that mood would look like in the game and what combat looks like from just a general feel? There's another funny story behind the battle system because I wanted to make it slightly different. Mm -hmm. And after I made it on paper, I tested it with RPG dices. Dice, sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Mm, at the same time, Toby Fox has released Daltaran. Right. And the battle system was pretty similar to what I wanted to make. I mean, mine was a little more complicated, but you had this mood as energy. But there mm. were there were like two energy bars for the bad mood and the good mood. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously inspired by Undertale, and I didn't want to be pointed as a ripoff. So I yeah. had to change everything, and it was like the huge blow for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I made this made this second bar, which is similar to HP, but you are not going to die if your mood goes to zero okay so there's also a hidden message with the mood stuff because you know it tells you that if you are going to help others and you care about your team then it will be easier and you will affect the reality in different way interesting um and and what exactly is you know obviously you don't want to give anything too crazy away but these affecting the world around you, this consequences that you might feel, is this going to be in the nature of like very narrative based um, solely? Or is this something where, you know, maybe you'll see different enemies appear or maybe the world will change from a visual perspective based on those choices. And I'm assuming this is not only choices that you make outside of battle, but in battle as well. Mm, the consequences will be mostly visible from the narrative point of view, but we okay. are still thinking about a few different things, maybe the way Charlie sees the world or maybe some different enemies appearing, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. in the darker parts of the game. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I want to backtrack to a question that I just said I wanted to go a little bit deeper. Um, can you give kind of a, a little bit more clarity around what general combat looks like as far as like you know what are your main actions that you would do when you get into combat okay so the combat is basically a pretty simple uh, basic turn rpg stuff but we added the mentioned mood bar mm -hmm. which is almost like the second hp but not really because we are not going to die if your mood is going to reach the low level just your characters will get depressed and they can't take any actions or they have like this small chance of being able to do any action. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when your mood is particularly good, then you will get some bonuses. So in the game, you can beat the enemies in like few ways. So you can deal the damage, you can change the mood. And when you are going to inc increase the mood, then it's obviously the good way and the enemies are going to give you the present 
<laughs> and if like Happy Undertale vibe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a twist because when you lower the mood, you are going to get the small window with the heart icon and the skull icon. So you can just finish the enemy off or just mm -hmm. make them run crying. And it's not the same thing. You know, you are just going to choose either the genocide route or the second one, which I don't know how to name <laughs> right now. <laughs> to be determined. It's, yeah, it, it feels <laughs> like one of the bad routes. So okay. there, there's, Interesting. there's more chances to get the bad ending than the good one. Right, right. That's interesting. Okay, so I, I do want to talk about endings. Uh, I want to jump into, um, obviously, I know you're not going to tell me uh, certain spoilers, but, you know, these actions, these different things that you're doing in combat, you know, uh, choices actually matter, right? Which I love in games. I love when there are consequences. I love when the game molds around how you play it, so to speak. Um, about how many different endings are you planning and how big of a difference will these result in? So I'm thinking of, you know, like Celeste ending, which is just you get more strawberries in a pie versus something like Undertale endings where you go from, you know, uh, no spoilers, but like a, a giant wave of killing versus a, a much nicer ending, let's say. Okay, so there are like two main factors of which ending you will get. And mm -hmm. the first one are the direct choices in the game. Like if you're going to show the hat of the dwarf or the answers to different characters and stuff, and maybe right. some side quests um, that you will decide to take on or you will just ignore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the second one is the way you fight. So we connect those two things into one ending and gotcha. as for now, in the full version, I decided to make at least two or three different endings. Cool. It depends on how we will end the Kickstarter campaign, because if we're going to reach one of the stretch goals, then we are going to add like two or three additional endings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah. they will be really different, because... This is something I haven't seen in any game. All the endings are like things that would happen in different universes or uh -huh. different dimensions or something like that. Right. They're not like just the good and bad version of the same. Hmm. Not exactly. Okay. I'm I'm very interested to hear uh, or to see more about what exactly that means uh, when, you know, we we can see the game's full ending. Uh, but for now, let's jump to what you had just mentioned is a Kickstarter. So the game Steam page also mentioned that there would be a Kickstarter coming very soon. And I love hearing this because, you know, people who do Kickstarters, there's the obvious just, you know, we need money to fund the game, right? Um, but I do like hearing kind of what you're hoping to accomplish, not only just from that money sake, or even if it is just, Hey, we need money, right? It's, there's some people who, who look at it from a marketing standpoint. There's some people who want more people to, to give their feedback. There's some people who want just to kind of see what kind of interest there is out there, whatever those reasons might be. What do you hope to accomplish with this Kickstarter? 
It's really simple. For me, it's just having the possibility of making the whole game as I want to make it, because it would be really hard. We worked on the project like full time for all those months. And, you mm -hmm. know, the art takes a lot of time to yeah. make, especially that we have only one artist who makes everything. Right. And another fun fact, he haven't got any experience with pixel art before adventure. Wow. And he's doing pretty good for it. Yeah. He really liked the way that we wanted to show the world and characters. So he just sat and learned how to make a good pixel art. At the first prototype, we had more like chibi characters and then he got more experience and he started to make this charming stuff. Right, right. That's pretty cool. Um, if, you know, as far as like goals from the Kickstarter, if they, there was the possibility of, of, let's say like pie in the sky, right? Let's say you get just a ton of, of funding and things go great. You know, are there plans to speed up production by adding people to the team? Is it just to, to have enough so that you can uh, just manage a full-time role in this or would that be your your idea is to get enough funding to to add people to the team to add different resources yeah that there's possibility that we are going to add like one another artist but i think we are good as for now and if we would reach like another stretch goals then it's more like adding more staff more enemies mm. more endings we will have more time to polish the game. I mean, we can make more animations, more cool stuff on the maps. Right. Yeah, yeah. Adding polish to the game just to make it so it's that much better. I uh, I definitely agree. Um, and I always like to hear this um, because there's so much, like I hear anytime I talk to someone, uh, especially after they've gone through the Kickstarter phase, they always tell me how much work it was, right? They always go into this saying like, it was much more than I expected. I, I didn't, you know, uh, plan for that. I had planned, but I didn't know that it was going to take that much time away from actually working on the game, things like that. So, you know, what have you done? Uh, to prep for this, what have what have you done so far? What have you tried to to get ahead of the game since there you know that a Kickstarter campaign is coming up? Yeah, you are correct that making your Kickstarter campaign is like whole another project within your project because right. it takes a lot of effort, work, and time to make everything right. So, as for now, we are finishing all the art we need. We made the Kickstarter page and we had to kind of rework it because people are visual creatures you know you, you <laughs> need to make it as good as possible because if you will make some weird arts and you won't design it properly then all those folks who will come straight from the kickstarter may not get interested enough right yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a really big struggle because, uh, you know, from a marketing side of things, people will quickly lose interest. And if you don't get their attention and keep them engaged or keep them interested, people will just move on to the next thing, right? There's just so much out there. Yeah. And I feel that most of the unexperienced 
indie devs struggle with making a good proportion between the text and the art. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. usually, I'm really, really sad to see like a cool game that gives you the wall of text and you are hooked, but you can't see anything more that you will, that will interest you more because they try to make like the whole book and their Kickstarter site is like too long. Right. Yeah. No, uh, that's a great example. There's been times. So one of the things that we do on our show uh, in the the full news episode that we do from a, a weekly perspective, we always grab a crowdfunded, uh, you know, either a Kickstarter or a fig.co. Uh, I think it's fig.co um, or a uh, Indiegogo uh, game that's trying to be crowdfunded. And there have been times where we've literally said, this seems or sounds really good, but I cannot see or I do not know what this really is and I need more information and I can't, you know, like I would Yeah, that's that's a great turn off when yeah. you see the wall of text. Yeah, because I just, I, you know, it's it's an investment, right? It's like I don't know that I'm willing to believe in your story without knowing more about what it looks like. Okay, so I can give you our case. I made the first draft version of the Kickstarter page and I felt like yeah we have too much of the text mm-hmm. so we changed some of the arts to be slightly mm, smaller in the size and I decided to change some of the text to animated GIFs so people can actually see what it's right. going to look like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now it looks a lot of better and I feel like we have the better proportion between the text and the art and the gifts. Yeah, that'll be great. I can't wait to see it. Um, I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. I have one final question that I always like to ask to uh, wrap up these shows, but obviously a big thanks for coming on and talking with me. Um, I always like to hear advice from those who are in the indie space. So, you know, you seem to have gone on quite a journey of, of trying and trying and, and hopefully now getting to the point with odd venture where you're going to, to make you know, the successful project. Um, and I'm really rooting for you, but that being said, you know, for those listening who might be interested in starting their own project or just getting into the game space, getting to kind of where you are right now, you know, what are some tips or some advice that, you know, kept you going? I always try to stay positive. I always try to be passionate even if there are some obstacles in the middle of the development. Mm -hmm. And I always try to believe in what I'm doing. So even if it's sometimes hard, then I just try to work as long as I can to solve the problems I met somewhere on the road. And, you know, it pays off. pays off. Yeah. I, I can see the results. I see that I have this long demo and people really liked it and it makes me more enthusiastic and I'm really happy to talk with everyone um, because a lot of people give you feedback after all. Yeah. And it, it's really nice to hear that the game made someone's day and <laughs> he waits awesome. for more. 
yeah, and I can't wait for it to make uh, more people's days. Hopefully that will be sometime soon. But for those listening, Adventure is currently in development. But if any of this sounded interesting to you, you know, you want to look more into this, be sure to head over to their Steam page. Make sure to wishlist it because it definitely helps them with discoverability. And also, you'll want to follow the Adventure Twitter account, which is at E-R-U. T-N-E-V-D-D-O. And if that sounds odd to you, uh, it's not. It's actually just Adventure spelled backwards. Um, to get notifications, you'll want to follow that Twitter account because when that Kickstarter campaign goes live, you'll, of course, want to check it out. Make sure that if it does sound interesting, you back them and make sure that this game is a successful launch. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Jess.